What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to the Holy City Hoops podcast. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and a nice long weekend. Since we last checked in with you on the show, just one game for the Cougars, but it was another win. And Everett German, voice of the Cougars, joins today's show. So we're going to talk about the Kent State game, which definitely deserves a full recap because it ended up being a great college basketball game. And then the second half-ish of the show, we're going to do a bit more of a temperature check, zoom out a little bit, talk big picture about this year's team. There's a lot of chatter around town. There's excitement building about this team. And there's one question that Everett keeps getting and I keep getting in my social mentions, and that is, will Charleston show up in the AP Top 25 poll this week or in the near future? I think there's definitely a case for them to be included. They have six really solid wins already and a not that bad of a loss, but it's also early in the year. I think most national media would say, you know, Charleston's not one of the best 25 teams in the country right now, regardless of record. So we get into that conversation later in the show, and I would love to hear what y'all think. I mean, do you think Charleston deserves a spot in the top 25 or not yet or not at all? But I will say just to be in the position to even have that conversation is really cool and a great sign of where things are at. Cougs also have a big game coming up tomorrow night against Old Dominion, a team we saw in the Charleston Classic, and they looked pretty good. And they're coming off a big win over East Carolina. It's going to be another tough game. So need the students to show up since many were out of town for the game last week. And then later this week, Charleston heads up the road for a big rivalry game against a very hungry Citadel team. We touch on those games a little bit, but mainly today's episode is going to be Kent State. Some individual player performances and the whole should Charleston be ranked conversation. Subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to all of you who already do that. Let's get into today's show. All right, Cougar fans, joining us this week is the voice of the Cougars himself, Everett German. How are you, my friend? Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Tommy. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk shop with you about CFC basketball. And we were talking before we started recording here. The city is buying in. People are coming up to you at church and around town just to talk about the Cougars. Six and one at this point with the win over Kent State. Kent State almost pulled off a huge upset the other night over Houston, who might be the best team in the country. So that win is looking really good. I want to talk about it with you. So let's let's just dive into it. Um, This is a game I didn't think the Cougars were going to pull out. And it seemed like maybe if this game was at a neutral location or if this was last year's Cougars... It's probably a loss, but this was the first time I felt like this team's just better than the Cougars, and they're just playing a better game. They seem to have really scouted Charleston really well. They were making shots like it was nobody's business. They have a great player in Sincere Carey, and I'm like, okay, you know, it's just going to be one of those nights. You come off a physically taxing, emotionally exhausting Charleston Classic, and the guys are tired. They're missing free throws, and Kent State's just hitting everything, so... Not a bad loss. Sure enough, Charleston pulls it out in the end. I mean, let's just start with with the opponent themselves. What what were what was your take on Kent State having seen them in Charleston and now against Houston as well? Well, you know, it was kind of funny, and we had mentioned it on the on uh, the post game show uh, with Coach Kelsey. Is you know after the Virginia Tech game and winning the Charleston Classic, you know, Coach comes on. He's like, yeah, you know, this is great. We'll celebrate, but we quickly have to turn our attention to Kent State. 
he said this team arguably is one of the top 25 teams and you know in the country like I knew they were preseason favorites to win the the MAC um but you know again you hear that and it's like okay yeah I get it that's but it's still can't stay it's where Antonio Gates went you know to play basketball before a a very uh let's just say hall of fame career uh in the nfl with the san diego chargers and so you know you hear it but you don't really kind of like it doesn't resonate doesn't really sink in um and then of course you know danny and i we love to kind of like just kind of look at our opponents during warm-ups and look at them you're like yeah they got a lot of long lanky guys kind of look like a i guess like a JB version of Syracuse. You know, Syracuse have all those guys that are six eight with seven two seven three wingspans, and so still not quite bought in. And then, of course, I think we quickly, you know, we're down but thirteen to two, thirteen to four. We're like, okay, yeah, this this team can play. Um, they absolutely, they had everything they needed. Um, they had that kind of burst of energy. They were looking to push the ball. You could tell they had really scouted us well. And so, yeah, much like yourself, I kind of thought, you know. We could be in trouble, but then again, I remember we've been in this position before where Charles, maybe not to that depth and that extent, you know, trailing uh, that many points, but a situation where the one thing that I know this team will never do and is quit. And I know that, like, unlike in years past, where if your go-to guy uh, wasn't having a regular night, we could be in trouble. Well, this team having nine guys, 10 guys, that could easily have a career high, you know, that night spreading the ball around and just not knowing who's going to get hot. It kind of gives you a little bit of, you know, a little bit of hope. So that's exactly what happened. Um, this team is just, they just refuse to lose, you know, and Kent State is a good solid team. We saw you and I talked about it just, you know, just yesterday. Um, they were down by two uh, to Houston and Houston is like you said, I think they're number two in the country right now. So uh, yeah, I have much respect for Kent State. That team is going to win a lot of ball games. And, you know, if I had to guess, we'll definitely see them in March Madness yeah. uh, playing there in March as a representative of their uh, conference. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they had a, a great recipe to to beat Charleston. They did not allow any offensive rebounding, which has been kind of Charleston's strength so far in the early going. They spread out the Charleston defense, and they're like, "Okay, we'll just go one on one." Like, you want to put Jalen Scott on us, or Raekwon Horton, or your other, you know, top defenders? We'll just go ISO ball, and we'll hit a jumper. And I think they hit seven of 13 threes in the first half. And you just kind of throw your hands up, and you're like, "Okay, I mean, like Charleston's good, but like this Kent State team is just, you know, they're trying to prove themselves. This is a quality opponent for them too, and it would have been a really nice win." And, you know, Tommy, it was just the swag that they played with. You could yeah. tell they were loose. They weren't really intimidated by, obviously, the six. Didn't have a student section, although I thought it was still a great crowd, you know, on hand. And, you know, we talked about it on the broadcast that we weren't sure if that was just part of their regular offense or if they saw a lot of stuff on tape saying, hey, you know what? You know, let's ISO Ryan Larson. Let's ISO Rain Smith. You know, let's put these guys in situations because they did have a little bit more size and, you know, girth and try to use that to their advantage. So they absolutely were able to get a lot of high percentage shots. But, you know, in the end, as we always say, you just have to get that one stop. Somebody could drop. I think we saw it in the Richmond game. Somebody can drop 38, 40, 45 points. But at the end, if you can get that one stop, that's what you need to do. And that's what Charleston was able to do 
um, against Kent State. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. I mean, Charleston obviously pulls this one out of their you know what's, and it's kind of to this point they've Charleston's played like almost every type of game. They've had every type of win you can have. Big lead that shrinks down. You win in overtime. Blowout wins like the Davidson game neck and neck games buzzer beaters or near buzzer beaters against virginia tech and now kind of like you're down the whole game and then you steal it at the end that was kind of like the one missing type of victory charleston didn't have and they get it here um yeah the defense down the stretch was really impressive i i thought charleston really got back into this game at the free throw line they had a huge free throw disparity they were 17 for 26 versus just three for four for uh kent state and (laughs) I don't know if you saw this. Matt Roberts addressed it after the game. I guess some some Kent State fans were chirping about the disparity, and Matt Roberts had to be like, "Hey, these officials were provided by the MAC, so don't look at us. That's that's on y'all." So I thought I, I loved seeing Charleston stay aggressive and not try to win the game by forcing three pointers. They're like, "Okay, hey, we we'll just keep going to the rack, keep going to the rack. The shots are gonna fall," and that's how they really got back into the game. And then big shot, Scott. I mean, we got to talk about him. He's, he sinks two three-pointers in the closing stretches. He and Ryan Larson get two big defensive plays when they needed to against Sincere Carey and against Kent State down the stretch. Those two guys, I feel like we need a nickname for Larson and Scott, the two NBA uh, students, the guys who were in the gym early on. And they really uh, put Charleston on their back uh, the last you know two minutes or so. Ante Berzovich had a great uh, layup down the stretch as well. But I think the story of that you know, stealing the game with Scott and Larson. Absolutely. I mean, I think back to the play where Ryan Larson gets the tip pass. Um, he was being posted up in the post, and I can't remember who he was guarding, but he was going to, you know, deliver a pass, and Ryan got a, a fingertip on it. And, you know, Danny and I, we always joke, or not always, but we joked on the broadcast that, you know, if you go to the ballpark and you're playing pickup, and there's, you know, 10 guys there, Larson's probably going to be the last person picked because he just doesn't look like, you know, that type of guy. And in the end, he probably would be the best player, you know, out there on the ballpark. He just does everything. And just his ability, the one thing that really kind of sticks out to me with, you know, Ryan Larson is just his ability to shoot across his body. You know, it's hard enough shooting going with if you're right-handed, but him being right-handed and his ability to get that high ball screen, go left and shoot – uh, the three-pointer is just amazing. It's usually, you know, dead on. He's had a, a lot of tough drives and finishes. He's on paint. a hot streak. Since yeah, the we obviously know about his ability to, um, you know, take charges. And, again, it's just that pipeline. I don't know what it is, you know, Tommy, about that that pipe from Minnesota. And, of course, Ryan got to us via Wofford, where Mike Young was the head coach's freshman year. And you think back to those days when they had Noah Dahlman and, and Jamar Diggs. Um, I can't remember the other kid's name, but they all came from that same that right. same uh, Minnesota yeah. area. Uh, got a chance to meet his parents. Really nice people at the Charleston Classic. Now, obviously, they couldn't be you know any prouder of Ryan. But yeah, you know you're, you're right. We got to come up with something for him because you know the way he manages the team. And I don't know how you feel, Tommy, but it seems like when he's on the floor. And he's running the point guard position. It's just like a a calming effect. Like he kind of gets everybody in place and allows guys to really effectively and efficiently, you know, run the offense. So, you know, he kind of has that that captain type mentality. But obviously, you know, the captain is is Joe Chile, so we can't go with the captain. So we'll have to come up with something for Larson other than, you know, in my mind, 
that uh, Danny and I say off the air is like the, the poor. We got a bunch of poor mans on this team. We got the poor man John Stockton, which is obviously Ryan Larson. Then we had the poor man Kawhi Leonard, which is what we call Jalen Scott. <laughs> A healthy Kawhi Leonard, uh, just because, you know, Jay Scott, he can do it all. You know, he, he's not going to, you know, score 20, 25 all throughout. That's not his game. I mean, his his job is to play the point when Ryan takes a seat, to guard one through four, to make it very difficult. And just so happens that in the end, as you alluded to, when we needed those two big threes, uh, Jay Scott was able to, uh, deliver and as, I mean he apparently accepts his role he knows his role because you know I you know basketball Tommy I mean he's a matchup nightmare you know you put a smaller guard on him he's gonna he should be able to take them straight to the pulse and punish them if you put a bigger guy around him he's just gonna go right around so Jay Scott is by far uh, one of our favorite players and really looking forward to having him you know all season long where do you stand you and Danny talked about this a little bit where do you stand on the Jalen Scott should shoot more argument we uh, we actually said it uh you know during the broadcast against Kent State because you think about it Tommy probably the first 35 minutes of actual basketball action I think Jay Scott was maybe 0 for 2 um didn't take a lot of shots obviously just was kind of floating as we say you know and we're like especially but it's sincere carry or Santiago some of those smaller guards that may have had an opportunity to pick him up you know, in a pick and roll or, or switch situation, like, man, like take him to the block, make them W. We know that obviously Jay Scott's a great passer um, and just be aggressive. And he said, yeah, you know, he came on the post game and said, there may be some times that I could be more aggressive and look for my, you know, game. But he seems to be one of those types that wants to get everybody else involved and then down the stretch kind of somewhat, you know, be a closer and deliver big shots offensively or come up with the big defensive stop. He's involved at the end of games, which is when you want him to be. I mean, he hit a big shot against Chattanooga to push a late lead from three to six. Mm-hmm. I remember he hit big shots against Richmond, and he hits the two biggest shots of the game here. So he's he's turning into Mr. Clutch, even though we've seen – I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but everybody eats on this team. Everybody contributes something. Even this game, everybody – you never know. You like, spin the wheel and see who's going to have a career high tonight. You know, it's just every, yeah. every game somebody else steps up. It's so – so satisfying to watch. Um, I want to ask you about another and we, guy. Well, and before go you ahead. go on, Tommy, you and I, or maybe what you and I, maybe I thought it was you, but before the season, we talked about the fact that I thought this Charleston team could be better than last year's team for two major reasons. One, we actually have a point guard, um, mm-hmm. and I am at some point today or tomorrow before the Old Dominion game, go back and look to see how many one-possession games we lost last year as to how many we're winning now. And the difference is, well, Ryan Larson. You know, you have an actual point guard. And the other is, you know, obviously John Meeks was a phenomenal player, like a guy, just a a bucket, a walking bucket. But it seemed like at points last year, we just tried to defer and dump it down to him. And what I like to call it offense. Yeah, when you kind of push everybody. Well, kind of what Kent State was doing. Dump it down in the polls. Everybody go on the other side of the floor and let that guy go one and one. So teams would kind of gang up and and put all their attention on, you know, on Meeks. Well, now you can't do that because whether it's Larson, whether it's Van Burnham, whether it's PR3, you know, whether it's Jalen Scott, whether it's Ante, you know, it's just so many different options. Um, Raycon Horton obviously is another. It's just so many options. You don't really know. You can't like focus on, on one. 
Um, and of course, I can't forget Psycho D as well. So yeah. those two things are really starting to come to fruition and, and why I thought we could really have a, a solid team. And um, that's what we're doing. And, you know, speaking of PR3, man, I tell you, Bulldog. before this season, Junkyard Dog. I was like, where is this guy going to fit in? Because, you know, he wasn't big enough to play in the polls. After seeing a shot, I'm like, well, I don't think he's going to shoot it well enough from the from the wing and you know but man what a pleasant surprise one of the nicest kids on the team and you're right a bulldog a go-getter a junkyard dog that's what pat robinson the third is and you know that when he gets the ball in his hand he is looking to get to the rim well one guy we didn't mention just now who is now in the starting lineup babakar fi uh continues to play really well right now is leading the team in rebounds per game this is a guy who we saw the potential last year. I'm always curious to ask you these types of questions because you're on the sidelines or at practice or on the road with these guys. What have you seen from Babakar Fai that has, you know, is different from last year? Just the hard work he put in during the offseason. I mean, think about it, Tommy. Last year, Babakar was Ben Simmons-esque when it comes to being afraid to go to the free throw line. Not necessarily being afraid, but you could just tell he wasn't comfortable. If I remember correctly, he ended the season around 50, maybe 55% from the free throw line. And now he's, I mean, he's up to 75%. He got out to a slow start against Kent State, and then he went on to finish uh, obviously strong there down the stretch. But you talk about a kid, just natural, raw talent that continues to get better. And so the next step, I feel like for Baba, would be, you know, that outside shot, be able to shoot that with confidence, shoot that with consistency. But he is an offensive rounding, uh, offensive rebounding machine, defensive uh, rebounding machine. He gets it done. And because he had, we saw how many times, Tommy, in the Kent State game where it looked like he was beat a couple of times on a reverse layup and those long arms able to block the ball out of bounds. So I think also the next step is we're going to teach Baba to block the ball to a teammate, not <laughs> set up in the third row. Because, you know, my my cousin Otto German, who's one of the first African-Americans to play basketball at the college and the former compliance director, he actually was my coach and my younger. And he'd always, if you want to get him upset, like just block the ball out of bounds. He's like, what have you done? You just give him the ball back to the opponent either snatch it out the air or block it to a teammate. So, but now Baba is, again, just one of those great kids. That's probably why I forgot to mention him. He's so quiet, he doesn't say a lot. You know, you speak to him, he speaks to you. Just a good kid. But yeah, man, Baba is continuing to just continue to grow and grow. And somebody who could, uh, like you, you mentioned, now in the starting lineup, we'll see what happens here down the stretch. Who's the best player on the team right now? It seems like everybody... Does some, I, I think I lean a little bit Ryan Larson, but, you know, Rain Smith, we know he's talented. We know Baba's a two-way player. I mean, I don't know. It's a tough, tough question. Yeah, I mean, today is November 27th, so we'll go with Ryan Larson today. Um, you asked me on the 29th, 30th, our next game. I'm sure it'll be somebody else. Um, and that's the beauty of it. We have 10 best players on this team. It just depends on which one you want, you know, that day. And, you know, speaking of rain, you know, I know he's been kind of somewhat struggling shooting the ball, not getting those clean looks. The scouting report is definitely out yeah. on him. Do not let him, you know, cannot leave him. Um, and even some of the shots that he has been getting lately, it's because our babes are tapping the ball out and he's doing a great job of running to, you know, a spot. So hopefully rain doesn't get frustrated. Just understand it's going to come. He's a shooter. 
shooter shoot and he just has to shoot himself out of that um and also you know we've seen him put the ball on the floor you know pump fake ball fake head fake get guys up in the air go around whether it be a one dribble or two dribble pull up um but there's other ways obviously to continue to help this team he could be a decoy you know they're putting so much attention on him that should open up everything else for you know the rest of his teammates so it's going to be um it's going to be just a fun year man like you know obviously this week with uh, ODU and then the robbery uh, across the street or down the street on, on Saturday. It's going to be a, a a good year for Charleston basketball. Well, speaking of, of the scouting report, yeah, we've definitely seen teams try to take away Rain Smith. UNC tried it. Uh, Kent State definitely tried it. Did Kent State, you know, have they kind of set the template for how to beat this team? Because, again, I talked about how well they seem to scout the game. They seem to be forcing Pat Robinson to his right, to his offhand, forcing Jalen Scott to his left, where he's a little shakier. Take away Rain Smith. I already mentioned, you know, box out like your life depends on it. Don't let those offensive rebounds get you back into the game. You know, and then if Babakar Fai or Pat Robinson's putting up a three, don't even contest it. Just get the rebound. It might as well, may as well be a turnover. You know, Dalton Bullen, uh, Ryan Larson, Rain Smith, you know, maybe contest that Berzovich but definitely this first couple minutes I think I kind of saw something of uh you know the template to beat this Cougar team did you see any of that yeah but it's, it's one thing to have the template but you also have to have the players to execute it and so we're not probably we're not gonna I'm not I shouldn't say we're not unless you have those type of athletic players that can you know kind of get into it get up and down the floor Kent State's a very tough rigorous rebounding team, you know, as well. But you, again, you have to have those players. So yeah. what's the old saying by Mike Tyson? Everybody has a plan that to, to, to win, get, punched in the to face. get hit in the mouth. Yeah. And that, <laughs> then what? So, um, I mean, it's no secret. We don't do anything uh, special, but what we do is we, you know, we play hard, you know, you either you have it or you don't have it. So yeah, you might be able to box out in the first 10 minutes of the game, but what about the, the last 30 when we're getting offensive rebound after offensive rebound? And, you know, you're working so hard on the defensive end to stop Charleston. Well, does that affect your offense? And how many kids at the collegiate level are you really going to get to buy into, you know, defense and rebounding? That's one thing that Coach Kelsey and his staff, these kids believe. And, you know, he's got good kids. And, and to be okay with, you know, a limited role. Because all these guys, they all get to contribute, but they don't have a total green light. Exactly, you know, and, and I think we heard uh, Ryan Larson say that he's never heard Coach Kelsey say, hey, that was a bad shot. Could have been a better shot, but again, it, it's just instilling. And as he said, some people have to earn the right to miss. So when you're yeah. in the gym at, you know, six o'clock in the morning, get getting shots up. Okay, you're earning the right to miss. So, yeah, some people might say, oh, you know, because I could have told you going into the North Carolina game that Rain probably was going to struggle because they were going to put Leaky Black on him. Well, Leaky's 6'8", with, you know, a wingspan of seven two seven three, whose athletic is all get out. So, yeah, that makes sense. There are no Leaky Blacks in the CAA, you know, so we don't necessarily have to worry about that. And the good thing is Rain is seeing all of this now. Like, so when we yeah. do get into conference play, he, there won't be anything that anybody does that we've not seen. So, and I've always believed in your non-conference schedule. That's what you want to do. You want to get prepared for conference play because for the most part, we're a one-bit conference. Now, obviously, Charleston's making some noise if we can continue to play well in the non-conference portion. 
you know, things go this way, that way. We have a, a pretty solid season conference, maybe a potential at large, but you have to have that mindset of just being a one-bit conference. And, you know, that case, Charleston's played the close games. Charleston's had to blow out, you know, wins. They've had to play from behind. They played against up-tempo teams. They played against teams that run that Princeton backdoor. I mean, we've seen it all through seven games, and we'll see some more here you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks with ODU and, you know, the, the Citadel, that'll teach us how to have to, you know, guard that three-point line and run guys off the line, not let them get comfortable. And then you'll have a very good, what, Presbyterian team and you still have uh, Coastal Carolina. So it, it's just all about getting prepared for the, the big picture. And so, yeah, I'm sure teams will take that, that Kent State game plan, but you also have to have Kent State players. Well, I do want to talk to you about more big picture stuff and the at-large conversation. You and Danny brought up on the broadcast, you pulled up the mid-major top 25 rankings, which are mm -hmm. great. I love those. But I want to talk about the big boy rankings. And that is right. the AP top 25, which Charleston has started receiving votes. That was prior to the Kent State game. And I know fans are really adamant about, can Charleston get into the top 25? Do you expect Charleston to make it into the top 25 at some point? And secondly, does that even matter? I don't really think it matters. I mean, it's good for recruiting purposes because, you know, Coach Kelsey and Coach Coleman and Coach Carr can go on the road and, and say, hey, we're one of the top 25 teams in the country. Um, I think I saw a poll earlier uh, this week where it had like the top 40 of, of week two or week three of the college basketball season and Charleston was 30 you know, out of 40. So what it is doing is, and it's just so important, Tommy, just not even in college basketball, but just college athletics as general, we are really starting to see the parity of the transfer portal and the NIL coming into play. So all of a sudden now, if you're a, a you know, four-star, five-star guy, you know, and, and you're at one of these bigger schools, because we all know kids want to, you know, I'll, it's one thing to be on a team and there's something else to play on a team. If you just are on a team and not playing at one of these bigger schools and you see the likes of Charleston, you see Charleston lead North Carolina, you know, late in the second half, or you see, you know, knocking off Virginia Tech or, you know, like you said, being at top 25, then all of a sudden the one thing it does, it allows more doors to open. So when Coach Kelsey or Coach Klo or, you know, TC call, they can say, hey, you know what? Nah, we're, we're, we're a big boy. You know, like you say, yeah, we, we don't have, we're not in a power pie conference, but now nah, we, we're good over here. And we want you to kind of take us over the top. And, you know, the, the conversation that resonates with me, Tommy, from like day one, you know, speaking with coach, you know, coach Kelsey and, and coach Klo, they said they, they really felt in their heart that they thought that Charleston could be the Gonzaga of the East and be that top mid-major school because in their words, we have everything that we need. We have the city, our city, you know, you have the facilities, you, you obviously have the crowd base, you, you're building that community support as well. <clears throat> when that happens, anything can happen. I think you, you know, I mean, you see the recruiting class coming in next year and that could just be the start of something major. So this team, let's just say this team goes on a run, you know, and all of a sudden we are in the top 25. In that aspect, yes, it is important. But at the end of the day, you got to just take care of, of business. Those, what is it now, Tommy? Four, day, four days? I don't even think the conference has released the new 
conference tournament bracket yet of how that's going to look. It's yeah, it's going to be four days, and right. there's you can get a buy. Right. So um, you just got to take care of business there, and then of course once you get on the, on the big stage in March Madness, that's when we really can start to make some noise. Yeah, you want to be in the top twenty-five at the end of the year, not the beginning of the year, not you know right. one month into the season. I think it is. Yeah, the diplomatic answer is what you and Coach Kelsey said, which is, hey, we're just focused on the next game. Great for recruiting, great for the fans. To me, it, it shows me two things, that being you know Charleston receiving votes. The value of scheduling well or scheduling appropriately, right? Right. You know, put tough games on the schedule. Yeah, it's, you're, you might take some lumps early on, but if you win, you're building that resume early, which you know you don't really get if you make an all-cupcake schedule or you do an all-buy-game schedule where you're getting blown out every night. So I think it was a really tough but fair uh, schedule that Roberts and Kelsey and the staff put together, and we're seeing the benefits of that. And then secondly, just raising the standard for what CFC basketball is looking to become. Like, perennial conference contender is great, but yeah, if you can just show the potential of being a top 25 team and you can build that here and you can build that, you know, at a mid-major level, then that's what you're aiming for moving forward. The Gonzaga of the East sounds real freaking good to to fans, I'm sure. And uh, if you can, if you can, if you can taste it and touch it, that makes it all the more real. Well, I told Coach Kelsey after that Virginia Tech game, I'm like, hey, congratulations on being the, you know, Shriners Children's Charleston Classic champions. However, don't expect any power five school to play in the Charleston classic <laughs> when Charleston's in the Charleston classic yeah. and all these two for one and home and home deals we're getting now. Yeah. That, that ain't gonna happen. Um, yeah. Just because you're, you're, it's just not gonna happen. I mean, we're slowly but surely getting back to the John crest, you know, days where people just did not want to, you know, play Charleston, especially down uh, in Charleston, because I mean, they, they see the atmosphere, they, they see the, uh, what, what did you? I I said Kelsey crazies, Tommy. I, what was your? What did you want to name the student section? I I, I had said the C of C, which gotcha. is obviously a, a dual meaning S E A of C, right. the letter C. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so, but that, I think that was uh, I think that was the marketing department. That's that's not me. I got to give credit to the athletics marketing team. Um, right. Kelsey crazies. I love that one. The six seems to be catching on. Yeah, but no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, the environment is crazy. I could see. Power five teams not wanting to come down there. I have been a Charleston fan since I arrived in the fall of 2007. So I have never seen a top 25 ranking affiliated with my school. You've been a fan longer than I have. When's the last time? Was it late Cress, like early Harry years? I mean, remember that that year when they uh, defeated Maryland and ended up losing to Arizona. They finished up 16th in the country. So that was a very special team, um, obviously that Coach Crest had. But again, it gets back kind of back to that parody thing, man. Like you got to really be good <clears throat> now because I mean it's a level playing field, Tommy. I mean, and not to which I'm in a way kind of glad that it didn't happen. But I mean, look at little Charleston Southern. You know, <laughs> they were down by three at Virginia Tech uh, and ended yeah. up losing, I believe, by five. But them days, man, like dudes are transferring, you know, don't get caught up in the name because those rosters, um, which is, as you know, for, for my purpose, especially comes conference play back in the good old days, you know, you can remember a Delaware roster. Well, not, let's not use Delaware. That's a bad example because they always have people transferring. But, you know, you get a Northeastern roster and you were good for about, 
three to four years. Now it's like every year you're learning, you know, yeah. uh, these rosters all over again because this one's that one at this place and, you know, people are moving around. So, but yeah, it's going to be good, man. If we could just to be able to get that and you know it, you know, Coach Kelsey and, and Coach Klo and, you know, obviously uh, Coach Carr, they'll be using that to their advantage. And that's another thing with the TV games, man. I mean, it's, it's, pretty powerful for you to be able to call a recruit and say hey man we're on espn 2 tonight yeah. hey man we're on espn you know you tonight because it goes to show that hey man charleston's big time they're playing on you know on espn so um just matt roberts and you know jessica uh rogers and that just entire lynn walsh our new sports information director i mean just a phenomenal job you know with the marketing what Coach Kelsey has done with those students, man, it's it's kind of it's kind of scary. It's almost like he has them programmed, you know, to, to do what he says. And when Coach says, "Hey, come out, we need you, be loud, be crazy," that's exactly what they do. And there's no doubt in my mind, you know, this Tuesday against Old Dominion, um, it won't be the same that when they visited Charleston last week. Let's just say they were in the yeah, afternoon right. session with Penn State and and Furman. Virginia Tech. So it'll be completely different uh, for Jeff Jones and those guys on Tuesday night. Another quality team. You know, Kelsey said after the Kent State game, I watched ODU in the Classic and they're good. And they just blew out East Carolina by like 20 plus points the other day. So yeah, another another tough team. We don't, you know, Tom, we don't really have any quote unquote scheduled W's except you know, North Greenville. North Greenville. Yeah, and that's always because you know you're you got exams, and so they're not going to practice a lot. So you kind of that's your one kind of buy game. But you know the Citadel's not going to be easy. You know they'll have every cadet. That's going to be their Super Bowl. Like <clears throat> exactly. If, if I was a Citadel fan and I had to hear all the our city chatter for two years, I would be revved up for that game. Yes, on your home floor, Ed Conroy, a great coach. He's got those yep. kids believe, and I think they held somebody to eleven points in the first half. Uh, earlier this week so you know that they'll be ready to rock and roll you know Presbyterian you know coach uh, Q you know wanting to beat his old old team old school that he coached at so they'll be jacked up um, obviously when you get Coach Ellis up there at Coastal Carolina you know that's just always one of those ones that can go you know either way so yeah man it's going to be a, no easy sailing and now the Cougars have that bullseye on their chest and so you know you're yeah. going to get everybody's a game um for sure even in the conference man i already got some of my other uh conference radio guys you know we all kind of talk and they're good friends and chat all the time and scott claskin up at delaware he was like yeah yeah y'all are um y'all are killing it yep yes <laughs> we will we'll be ready so everybody's taking notice uh around the yeah. conference on the country of charleston basketball in the our city movement yeah well that's that's the double-edged sword of the the ranking is if you do achieve it then that's a huge home game for everybody every gym you go into from then on out so correct um no it definitely feels like something is brewing it is a fun fun time to be a college of charleston basketball fan ev you've been gracious with your time i'm gonna let you get back to watching some football but thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, no, not yet, Tommy. I got to I got to go find an our city sticker for my CFC wall. Yeah. As you can tell, I'm in my man garage, so I got my CFC wall. So Get I got to go off. find me an our city sticker to put over the top or over the bottom to kind of get that uh, get that wall filled up. Love it, love it. 
Ev, thanks for coming on. You guys get like a Holy City Hoops one as well. That way when I do these, once, I Once we s start selling merch, uh, I'll sounds give you good. a call. You'll be the first to know. <laughs> that sounds good. Tommy, as always, man, keep up the good work. Appreciate it. Thanks for all that you do, obviously, for, you know, the college and your passion, um, you know, for CSC basketball is, is unmatched. And I know you're in a lot of those groups where, you know, you're kind of representative for the CAA or representative for, you know, obviously, for Charleston. So, Thanks, man. We we really appreciate it. Just keep up the good work with uh, Holy City Hoops. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, Ev. Likewise. All right, Tom. You take it easy, man. Same. Our city.